0: talking about uh, the covenant that we have, but the key covenant responsibilities that we have as Christians. Key covenant responsibilities. There are a lot of responsibilities, but there are key covenant responsibilities that we really need to know uh, as Christians so that God can work with us, so that the covenant can work for us. Uh, Thomas, good to see you. <laughs> uh, I need to pray first. I can't wait. I want to get on it. (laughs) I just need to pray. Father, I just ask that you open our hearts and open our minds. Speak to us. Help us to get in there so that you can walk in us and through us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we talked about key covenant responsibilities last week. And the first one we talked about is come out from among them and be separate. This is what we need today as Christians. We need to be separate. We need to live holy lives. I find that the Christians get too quickly offended. These days it gets so quickly offended. They take things for granted. Uh, We're moving back and forth. We need to stay steady with our God. We need to come out. That's what Abraham did. Abraham came out. If you're going to follow God, the first requirement is to come out. God wants you to separate yourself from the rest of them. That is his will for us to come out. He told Abraham to come out. And you remember what he did with the disciples. He said, come, follow me. And they had to leave everything. And Peter said, we have left all. Matthew 19, we have left all and followed you. That's just the way of God. It's the way of the covenant. You have to come out. And be separate with God. That's just the way it is. You leave where you were and you come out. The Jews, the the Israelites had to leave Egypt and follow to go to the wilderness. Follow Moses. Amen, brother. (laughs) (laughs) So the key thing is to separate yourself and follow after God. And follow hard after God. I said holiness is a must. To live a holy life. It's a must. Holiness doesn't mean you cannot sin. You you know, you're free from sin completely. It's so important that we understood, we understand this. This morning I was thinking on this and I came to some understanding. Holiness is actually following what God says in the word. And one of the things he said in the word is when you sin, confess your sin. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't overlook the sin. Confess the sin. That's part of the covenant. That's part of living a holy life before God. If you overlook it, you become unholy before him. So you stay And keep going because sin shall not have dominion over us. So when you sin, that's an outlier. Don't consider yourself to be a sinner. That's an outlier. You confess the sin. God says he will forgive you your sins. Not only that, he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So when he's through, you're righteous. And when you're righteous, you don't sin. You keep going. Amen. So we separate ourselves unto our God. And those that are walking with God must be sure that they don't allow the wicked one to touch them. You don't allow the wicked one to touch you. The second thing is so key to our covenant with God. It's so important that a believer builds himself or herself an altar. It's clear we know God knows all our needs, right? Even before you say it, He already knows. And I used to wonder, why should we even pray? He already knows. This is our job. Why should I pray? What does He get from this? For some of us, He used to like torture, you know what I mean? Kneeling and asking God for something. And what pleasure does God derive from this? Why do I have to wake up in the morning to spend time with God and pray? How can he enjoy it that way? He should enjoy it when I'm having my rest. I'm his son, right? I'm taking a good rest so that I can be strong. But he appreciates it if you wake up early. So that tells you there is something to praying. It's not just a spiritual act. There is something that your prayer does to God and that God through your prayer does in, in your life. It's so important. It's a key principle. You see, what, you need to, what we need to do as believers is to recognize the principles that God has given us in the covenant. If you walk with the principles, the principles will work for you. If you walk against the principles, those principles will work against your life. The thing is to be obedient. You see, when God called Abraham, he is the one that God made the covenant, the first man God made this true covenant that was the type of what Jesus will replace for the rest of us for better. For a better covenant for us. But God called Abraham, he said, come out from your family. So we have to come out from among the people, separate ourselves unto holiness. God said, come out from among them, forget your family, forsake your family, and follow me to a place that I will show you. Now when Abraham left, he left her, the first thing Abraham did, he built himself an altar. He built himself an altar. The place was between Ai and Bethel. He built himself an altar. And I believe on that, pl- in the, on that altar, he was calling on the name of the Lord. And then came famine. And Abraham was forced through the famine to go into Egypt. That was God's design to bless him. Because when Abraham, that's in Genesis 12, when Abraham left Egypt, he came out as a wealthy man. And you can read from verse 1 in Genesis 13. When Abraham left, he said, The man Abraham was very rich. And had gold and had all that kind of stuff. But his move, the trouble that came, farming, while others were suffering through the farming, God was blessing him in that situation. So Abraham came out better in the time of Amen. That's your lot in Jesus' name. That's your inheritance in Jesus' name. But notice what Abraham did. After he left Egypt with all his wealth, he returned back To where he was. This is what the Bible tells us. Genesis 13 verse 3 and 4. And he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning. That's the beginning. After God called him, he left, he built a tent, and then he built an altar. Between Bethel and Ahai. To the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. He built that altar. He went back to his altar. A lot of Christians don't have a place that they refer to as their altar. Jesus in the New Testament calls it your closet. Doesn't mean you have to go into your closet to pray, but he called it your closet. Many Christians don't spend time praying you have no altar God requires for a covenant person to have an altar you have to have an altar Abraham was a covenant man of God he knew to build an altar and read through the the Old Testament Abraham the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob they all had altars you have to have one you need an altar to deal with God so he went to that same place and he called on the name of the Lord. I don't know what Abraham was doing. Possibly standing by the altar. Yahweh. 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 That's where he called upon the name of the Lord. Right? I don't know what he was calling on the name of the Lord. But it was important. He was already rich. What was he praying for? He had no trouble. What was he calling on the name of the Lord for? It is required of those who are in covenant with God to call on God. You have to call on Him. You have to build your place, the altar for where you call on God. We have to build one. Do you know what you do when we go to pray to God? Why God wants us to pray? You know, we said the the new covenant is based, established on promises. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9, he said, A great and effective door has opened to me. And there are many adversaries. Even when God has opened the door for you, there is the enemy. He is going to stop you from going through that door. And if you go without an altar, it won't be too long before you get discouraged. And you won't go through with what God has called you to do. You will think somebody else spoke to you. Abraham knew this. He had an altar, a place of altar. Where he called a place he called the altar where he called on God. When God called the children of Israel before they went into the, the place that God had promised them, he said, I have given you this land. Now rise. Go and contend with the people of the land for your inheritance. Well, he has already given it to them, but they still have to contend. We have to contend with the enemy. Why? Because a great door, a great and effective door has been opened up to me. But there are many adversaries. Now, Job chapter 14, verse 1. Job told us there in the word, it says, Man who is born of woman, it's a few days, that's clear, few days, and full of trouble. That means if you are a human being, you will have trouble, no doubt about it. It's not whether you will pass through the fire, it's when you pass through the fire. It's not when you, when, when you go through the flood or the river it's not that it's when you go there when you pass through trials not if you pass through it's always when because it will come you go through trouble you pass through waters you pass through the fire you will no doubt about it a great and effective door has been opened to me but there are many adversaries there's a lot of trouble So we must call. So what we do in prayer is to go to God with God's promise. The promise of the covenant. Because there is trouble. We go to God asking God to get justice. You take the devil to God's court. Heavenly court. With the word of God. And Jesus is your lawyer standing with you and you're saying God this is what the covenant says I'm supposed to have but look he is preventing me I can't get through this I'm coming to you with this word and guess who your lawyer is Jesus himself in the heavenly court you are contending your case God said come up with the reasons show me your strong reasons Put me in remembrance. Tell him what he has spoken in his word. Concerning your own life. And take the enemy who is preventing you to God's court. And beg, ask for justice. And Jesus standing with you and saying, Yes, that's exactly, it is true. It's true. I paid for that. My blood was shed for that. Yes, he, she she ought to have that. The enemy cannot oppress In that way. Jesus, I'm saying, I'm not just speaking. This is drawn from the word. Now, in Luke chapter 18, look at what the word says. Then Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not to lose heart. Men ought always, not sometimes, always. If you are a covenant man, a covenant woman, you ought to pray. If you are not praying, you will lose heart when trouble comes. It's not if trouble comes, trouble will come. We don't know what form trouble will take, but trouble will come. It may come in your finances, come into your your relationship. Trouble will come. We need to go to God. So Jesus tells us through this parable. Now the parables are principles from God's word. When Jesus gives a parable, he's actually giving us a spiritual principle, a spiritual law. You know the parable of the sower? That's a spiritual principle. There are many parables Jesus gave. And he was trying to show us what happens in the spirit realm and in the natural realm. But he uses what we know in the natural to explain to us what is happening in the spirit realm. So that's what the parable says He spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray. Not sometimes. If you are a man, you need to pray. You need to pray. I don't talk a lot about prayer, but I, it's just a part of it. A part of, part of what I'm supposed to do. And I enjoy it. You pray to the point where you enjoy praying. And you miss it when you're not praying. And if you are not praying, something is not right. You are a covenant person, you are not praying. When trouble comes, then you fail. The Bible tells us if you don't make it on the day of trouble, then your strength is small. And the only way you strength, you can strengthen yourself is through the word. Now this is what it said, men ought always to pray. And then this parable is saying, it gave us this parable, that there was a certain, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard him. He didn't regard, uh, God or man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. That's what we do. Jesus was trying to show us what we do with Him. We get justice from Him, from our enemy. We take the enemy and what he's doing to us to God's court in heaven. And we say to God, this is what your word says. I need justice. And when God says yes, that's what He says. He says, bring me your strong reasons. So that you may be justified. Once you are justified, when God says, Yes, you have the right to have this, the enemy is going to turn away from it and you get what you want from the Father. So, covenant people have to have an altar. If you are a Christian and you don't spend time praying, think about who you are really. I wonder about who you really are. We ought to pray. That's the only way this covenant will work for us. We ought to pray. Because there is an enemy out there. He's going to prevent the will of God from being fulfilled in your life. So we need to pray. And with that, God gave us a promise. He said, when you come to this heavenly court, I will hear you. Don't worry about it. All you have to do is come. Don't call people. It's okay to call people and ask for help. But when they help you, it will not last very long. Stay with your father. Call upon God. He said he is God. He will hear from heaven. He will answer your prayer. But you have to pray. Psalm 65 verse 2, it says, O you who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. What is God saying? It's God's nature to answer prayer. What he's saying, God is looking for prayer to answer. You just don't have any. You're trying to work out your problem by yourself. But you are not calling on God for the answer. He is the one to grant the answer. Until he grants it, you have nothing. Men come to God for help. That's what he's saying. All men will come to that's you. who you are. Men come to you. And you hear their prayers. Now when the word says here. They, he's not saying. Well God is going to. Uh, just consider what you've said. We're not praying just to let God. Or inform God. To, as to what's happening to us. He already knows that. What we are doing in praying. When we pray is to get God to intervene on our behalf. Until you get God to intervene on your behalf, you have not really prayed. See? Because see, God doesn't store prayer. He doesn't have a storage room for prayer where he files people's prayers, and He's going from the top to the bottom looking for, "Oh, is the next one? No. Is your prayer is either answered or rejected? When you ask right, a right, he answers it. James tells us that. It says you, you kill, you go, you war, but you don't have because you don't, you don't ask. And when you ask, you still don't have because you ask a miss. So there is a way to ask right. How? You take the word. You go to heavenly court with the word of God that God is shown to you. And then you say, God, I've got to have justice. And in the New Testament, God says, come boldly. Come boldly with the blood of Jesus. Boldly because I've got to have justice. I'm not putting up with this anymore. I've got to have justice. So you come into the holy place and you say, God, I'm here. I'm here with the word. Jesus, my advocate. I've got to win this. That's what that lady was saying. To this unjust judge I need justice I need justice get justice for me and that judge unjust Jesus said unrighteous judge who didn't fear God would do something how much more so God hears and answers prayers he tells us that to encourage us. Matthew 7 7 and 8 that's a huge that was a huge encouragement to me years ago and it still is today because sometimes if I consider what I'm going through and what I'm seeing, it's easy to get discouraged but I don't want to get discouraged. I know the one in whom I believe and I'm not going to be looking at what I see with my eyes. Nobody determines my destiny. That book and my going into his presence is what determines my destiny. No man is going to take glory for what God is doing in my life. He must have all the glory. So I go to him. Whether I understand what I'm saying in the natural or not, my faith is in him. I'm looking to him. And he has promised. He said this scripture here, so good. It's been, I think some baseball says, baseball has been very, very good to me or something. This scripture has been very, very good to me. (laughs) Amen. It's been very good to me. Very good. That's accent plus accent, you know. (laughs) You already have one and then you add more to it. No, But look at what he says. Ask, and it will be given you. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Ask, it will be given you. Seek, you will find. If you don't find, that means you were not truly seeking. Otherwise, God is a liar. I know you don't stone me yet, okay? <laughs> God doesn't lie. Knock he says And the door will be open. There are great doors that God has set in your life They will never be opened Until you knock A great and effective door Has been opened to me There are doors Doors of opportunities Great doors of opportunity That God has set in your life I feel like St. Kathy. But you won't get there until you knock. How do you knock? Prayer. Ask. Ask. The door. Knock. That door will be opened. And Jesus added, for everyone that asks, receives. Everyone. I used to exclude myself. Because I felt like I was not as holy as Pastor. But when I found that, everyone that asked, He didn't define it. He didn't say everyone who is a pastor and holy. Just everyone. Amen. Say with me, everyone. Everyone that asks, receives. Everyone. All they have to do is ask. God said, if you ask, you will receive. That gave me comfort. Knowing that this is God, Jesus himself saying this. And he said, the words that I speak, are not mine. God, my father, gave those words to me. Everyone who asks, receives. All you have to do is to ask. And that's a major comfort for me. And if you seek, he said, you will find. If you knock, the door will be opened. That means, God, you have to shut me up now because I'm going to keep asking. <laughs> If you really believe it, right? You'll be asking. Say, shut up. No, I I still have some more to ask. Now, if somebody tells you, just ask me anything. And you know they have the ability to do whatever you ask. And you just keep asking. Would you stop asking? Boy, I will be asking. He'll be tired of me asking. Amen. But this is a God that can do all things. And we know it. We say we believe it, but we don't act on it. We're crying, running around looking for help when our great help is there. Sometimes when you're really asking and it doesn't seem like what what you're asking is happening, uh, God is still putting the ingredients in this tool. You didn't get it. (laughs) He's still working on it. He's going to reveal it to you later for you to enjoy. But when you keep asking, you won't faint. You will still be encouraged. Because every time you come, you hear the word from Him. I'm working on it. You know, this morning I got up early and I started, you know, I do that from time to time. I, I go to the words that the Lord has spoken to me since 1998. There are things that He's spoken to me in uh, 1989. I still remember them but I didn't have those on the computer because everything I, he had he wrote to me he said to me concerning my life as a minister so I have those things there but a lot of things he said to me about my wife then I don't go read it Angela you don't know the file <laughs> <laughs> you don't know the file name <laughs> yeah By the time he was saying those things to me It didn't make a lot of sense If you knew my situation then It's hard to believe it I'm not there in the fullness of it yet But I can see it already But my own life So I depend on that I go to that And I remind him About that When I came in here this morning I was a little late Mark You know that Mike is always here. This man is nuts. Bad prayer. <laughs> One day I'm going to break his legs. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> but uh, I, I, to thank him and to remind him. You understand what I'm saying? I'm reminding him of what he told me. You understand? I know you have fulfilled this part, but I still, what about this part? He said, don't worry about it. Time is coming. Amen. Time is coming, so he said, "We can always receive." He's encouraging you to hold back. Don't hold back. You know when you have nothing between you and your God. You know how children are. You know the the child that is always pestering you. You you try to push him aside, but believe me, you can't live with that child without that child. You know, he keep coming and say, "Daddy, I want this. Daddy, I want this." They, they trust you. And you say, get lost, but you still give it to them. And the day they are not asking you, you wonder, what's happened to him? <laughs> Amen. That's our love between us and our father. And you don't forget that child, right? Always, they know how to come real close to you. You know. <laughs> Daddy, I love you. And you go, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Amen, huh? <laughs> but they soften you a little bit, and you give them what they want. <laughs> so when we come to the Father, we tell him how much we love him, how great he is, and you tell him from the heart Ask and it shall be given you. Everyone that asks receives. Amen. Now Jesus said this is in, in John chapter 16 Verse 23, 24 And in that day What day? Today You will ask Me nothing Most assuredly I say to you Whatever you ask The Father in my name He will He will give it to you Whatever means whatever Don't define it for me Whatever means whatever If whatever means your car Ask, whatever means whatever ask whatever he says he will give it to you until now you have asked nothing in my name ask and you will receive that your joy may be full ask and you will receive the problem with it is after we've asked if it's not given to us that same day we, we, we immediately let go we feel maybe we have sinned against God. God didn't answer. But that widow kept coming. And asking, that's prayer. But asking this time was demanding you. I need justice. Judge, you got to give me justice. That's a wicked judge. I gotta have justice. The judge he got tired. I, I, I just do it for her. I don't want her coming back here. I'm sure if she came back again, think about it, okay. He had given her justice, and she's gone and enjoyed herself for a while. And then she showed up in his court again and said, oh my God, she's back again. What do you want this time? I'm not going to waste time. I'm just going to give it to you. I know you. I know you. You're back again. What do you want? Okay, you got it. Don't come back tomorrow, okay? We already know. So we keep coming to the Father. Amen. I want to share with you briefly What prayer does What prayer does First thing is He gives us help from heaven I pray constantly for our church I'm praying for the people to come in Because I know God will answer I'm not going to look at what I'm saying I know they're coming And I keep asking the the Lord and thanking Him for it. You can't make them come, but God can. He'll talk to them. He'll bring them in. He says, all I have to do is to pray. You can't depend on a man to help. You can't depend on anybody. That's my thinking these days. I'm not depending on anybody. When God has commanded them to be of help, they will be of help. If he has not commanded them to be of help, I'm wasting my time trying to manipulate them to do something. It won't work. He has to speak to them. Unless the Lord builds a house himself, those who are building, they are building in vain. It won't last. The Bible tells us that. Psalm 127 verse 1. Unless the Lord builds a house, builds the house, they labor in vain. Who build it? It's not they are not working. They are working, but it's not going to work because the Lord is not building it. You've seen how some people, how wealthy they've been. A lot of money has come through their hands, right? They, they say, you know, I work. They work very hard. They have, some, some, for some individuals, millions gone through their hands, but they have nothing to show for it. It's not by your own strength. You can't keep anything that God doesn't want you to keep. You won't keep it. You can't build anything that God is not building. It will go up. But guess what? He's coming right back down. He's coming down. They're building. Unless the Lord builds a house, those that are building are building in vain. And unless the Lord watches the city, they are watching in vain. You won't be successful. God has to do it. May God make you in Jesus' name. May God build a house for you in the name of Jesus. Now house, I'm not just talking about physical house. God has to do it. We need his help in everything that we do. Why? Because we have troubles. It will come. I've already mentioned this. We have trouble. That's why we need to pray. Troubles, trouble will come. Psalm 60 verse 11 and 12. Give us help from trouble for the help of man is useless. Give us help. Every man needs help from God. Notice that word is not the word we just read. It's not talking about one, a particular man. Every human being. Give us help from trouble. The help of man is useless. You can receive some help from man. But it's a useless kind of help. Unless it's coming from God. That says every man needs help from heaven. We need help. Give us help from trouble. Trouble will come. And when you've had help from God He says through God We will do valiantly It's only when you have received help From heaven That you will be able to be successful in life If not All you'll be doing is struggling And you shall have nothing to show for it You can't live a righteous life without him You need his help Jesus said without me You can do nothing So we need his help It says, for it is he who shall tread down our enemies. The enemy is always there. I know that most of us don't see demonic forces. Let me tell you this. Not to frighten you, but there are more wicked spirits in this present world than there are humans. It's the truth. And they are are against your life. They hate you because you look like God. And they want to undo everything that God is doing in your life that's good. There was a fellow when I got saved. Just to let you know how the devil is. When I was newly saved, I rented my own place because I had a lot of troubles. Some of the troubles I had on my life was my own making. Because uh, I didn't understand Christianity very well at that point. And I don't know if I understand everything yet. (laughs) But when I was newly saved, I rented my own place. I had these two rooms, a room and parlour. That's the way we call it, a living room and a room. But both of them were alike. You can tell the difference. You can choose the one you want to make your living room. But on the other side of the same uh, building, just a compound we call it, there was another fellow who claimed to be a Christian. But really he was a spiritist. And uh, he had spirits and so claimed that he saw angels. And uh, we talked over and over, and the people in the compound knew that, you know, these two individuals are different from the rest of us. Uh, I knew I had the right thing, but he was crazy. He had demons. But he claimed angels speak to him. And as I was trying to persuade him to get him from his ways to come to God, he told me of one experience that he had. He said, let me tell you something. He was kind of boasting, but... The, that story stuck to me it you know, stuck in my mind now he said that the uh, the angel of God a demon really appeared to him he was bragging and told him to go on a fast for 40 days So and he, he was fasting and he went to a cemetery to fast and I said that tells me he's a devil not, not God But he was fasting and he laid out down there somewhere in the cemetery and he was fasting. And he said he got so hungry one day, he ate something. I think he ate bread or so. He said as soon as he got through eating bread, the bread, the angel, the demon appeared and told him, You disobeyed God. You ate something. And now God is going to punish you for, for eating. And he said, immediately the angel disappeared. And somewhere in the same area, there were some kids playing soccer. And the angel went to those kids and convinced them to stone him. He was telling me. And he said, all of those kids came with rocks in their hands to stone him. And said when they all gathered, they were looking at him, he was laying down there, and they wanted to stone him. And said he, he challenged the angel. He said, Now, all of these kids that you are asking to stone me, all of them have eaten something. They eat every day and they've eaten something today. Now you are commanding them to stone me. And I've been fasting all these days. I only ate this little bread, now you want to destroy me. And he said, the angel listened, and the boys, they turned around, dropped their rocks, and they left. Now, why am I telling you, telling you this story? Now, those boys didn't see the angel. See? They didn't see the demon. He saw them. The boys didn't. They were busy playing their soccer. And all of a sudden, maybe one kid said, look at that weird guy over there. Let's go stone him. That was the demon that convinced that boy and the rest of them. And possibly one of them decided, let's leave him alone. He alone, he's pathetic. Leave him alone. And they dropped their stones and they went away. Do you understand what I'm saying? But there are spirit forces. There are a lot of evil forces against our lives. And they are coming at you in different areas, in different forms. Coming at your finances, coming at your home, in different ways. We have to recognize these things and take them before the heavenly court to get justice. That's the thing about this. Give us help from trouble, for the help of man is useless. Through God we will do valiantly, for it is he who shall tread down our enemies. So we have enemies. Psalm 56 verse 9. When I cry out to you, that's God, then my enemies will turn back. Until you cry out, the enemies will not turn back. We have to cry out to God. This I know because God is, with, is for me. Because God is for you doesn't mean the enemies will turn back. The only time they will turn back is when you cry out to God. That's when they will turn back. That's what the Lord has told us. God promised to help us. God is the only help we need. Jesus said to us, I helped your disciples, but I'm leaving. I'm sending, what? Another helper. Right? I'm sending another helper. That's the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we as humans need help. We have to cry out for help. Psalm 41 verse 10 Bible says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Yes, I will strengthen you. He said, don't be dismayed. Even though you are going through a difficult time and it seems like you feel like God is not with me. God says, don't worry about it. I am with you. So don't be afraid. I'm going to help you. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 tells us to come into the holy place. I talked about that on Wednesday night. God said to come boldly into the holy place. The gold is in the holy place. The the, the inner tabernacle where God is. Where the mercy seat is. He says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. You see, you won't find any grace until you come into the throne of grace. You come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. Every time you come, you obtain mercy. Because as we move around, Jesus said, you disciples, you don't need to be washed all over. It's your feet. As you walk in the world, as you go about your business, things come upon your life. And they are affecting your life and you're not not even aware of what you have done. So the Bible says, when we come into His presence, what you obtain is mercy. Remember the people who came to Jesus, they said, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. So when we come, you will obtain mercy And you will find grace to help in the time of need. Grace is God's ability to fulfill what God has planned for your life. You will find grace to help in the time of need. That's what we need from God grace to help in time of need. Without grace, you are going nowhere. You, without grace, your life will be graceless. <laughs> and you will suffer disgrace. The only place to be free from shame and disgrace is to come into His presence. But you just don't come once. You come daily. Hebrews chapter 10, it says, Come boldly, having f- full assurance of faith. Confess, hold fast to your confession, which says without wavering. Believe in God. God says to come. When you come, you will find help. And today, God will give you help from your enemy in the name of Jesus. God has help for you from your enemy. Whatever the enemy is doing in your life to cause you to suffer shame, God is going to remove that from your life today in Jesus' name. God is going to work mightily on your behalf. The Bible says, call on the Lord and He will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. Today is that day. Would you stand up with me? Next time I want to talk about what, God, what you do with the prophecy that God has placed on your life. Whether you're getting it from the word or somebody has prophesied over your life. What do you do with prophecy? If you're here and I know there are possibly many here that Don't have a consistent Prayer life I'm talking to young and old You are a covenant Person you need to pray If prayer is a problem For you you really have a problem We need to make that commitment today To spend time Praying Would you bow your head With me this morning If you're here this morning, and you know that everything is not right between you and your God. You want things to be right between you and God. I'd like you to just put your hand up quickly. You want everything right between you and your God. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. To want everything right, I will encourage you to have your place of altar. It's not too bad, it's bigger. God is bigger than whatever you're going through, and God will help you. His word says, God will help you, and God cannot lie. God will help you, no matter how bad it is. No matter how twisted, God will help you. There is still hope. Would you raise your hands up to the Lord this morning? And let the Lord know that you are coming. You are going to build an altar in your house, in your home. You're saying, God, I will build an altar. I didn't realize this before. I've been trying to do things on my own. Now I am seeking your help. And I am going to build me an altar. Swear I can call upon the name of the Lord. Like Abraham did. So that I can get help from heaven. Father I thank you for your people. Every plan against their life today is destroyed. By the power of your name in Jesus name. Lord, I speak prosperity into their lives in the name of Jesus. That every oppression from the evil one today is broken away from their lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, that your people will come to you with boldness, knowing in their heart that you are God and that you answer prayers. Lord, that every trap the enemy said for them will be destroyed and your people will see nothing but prosperity in Jesus name now I want you to say this I'm a child of God I have my altar built I will spend time with my God daily I will find that time to spend with my God and Lord Lord I know that your blessings are coming upon me right now. These blessings are overtaking my life. In Jesus' name. You are blessed. God bless you. Have a good day.